I'm Amanda Taylor, and this is My First Name is Agent, a semi-regular report of my journey to watch all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Today's topic, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Every time I thought about this movie, I would get so excited, and then immediately incredibly nervous, because Spider-Man is my favorite, and for very specific reasons. And a lot of people have owned and shifted him over the years. This movie solved that. We got to see the Tobey Maguire Spidey and some new takes on the same delightful man that is Peter Parker, but we also got to see Miles Morales, who I've been begging Marvel for since they canceled Andrew Garfield. Miles Morales is not white. It's important to note this because he isn't white at all. His mother is Hispanic and they speak Spanish in their home. His father is black. Miles is an only child. He's a bright kid with a penchant for science. Sound familiar? But while he's the perfect, awkward, gangly candidate to replace Peter Parker, it is super important to note, appreciate, and revel in the fact that he is a new kind of Spider-Man. He represents a huge swath of the population that have seen themselves as sidekicks, or not at all, for far too long. When Marvel decided they wanted Spider-Man to join the Avengers, it should have been this Spider-Man who is a solo hero and the lead of his own story, and a person of color. It felt so fresh and so right to see someone else take up the mantle of Spider-Man. Anyway, I went to see this movie with my best friends Kaylee and Natalie and Natalie's husband Spencer and their friend Trevor. It was a group of people I like a lot. Natalie and I saw The Amazing Spider-Man together about nine times in the theater, so I was looking forward to reliving our Spidey days. But when the movie started, they all fell away. I might forget I saw it with anyone. And when the credits rolled, I turned to Kaylee and I said, I hope Marvel is so angry right now. I'm vindictive. And what can I say? I was really mad about Spider-Man Homecoming. This movie is perfect. It is animated in comic book style, which is to say that there are harsh lines and little dots everywhere. It's bright. It's invasive. It's a complete sensory overload in a way that I haven't seen in a comic book movie maybe ever. It knows that you love the comics, too. When Miles is, spoiler, bitten by a radioactive spider that then gives him powers, he reads up on Spider-Man using comics as his research material. That amazing fantasy cover, the famous first-ever Spidey issue, is used multiple times, which gave me a thrill. And I was just grinning from ear to ear a lot. There are jokes, obviously, because Peter is funny and Spider-Man is funny. The motto for Sony, it would seem, was flex your IP. They own Spider-Man, who is still, by and large, the most beloved comic book figure of our age. And they own all the Spider-Men and women. But what this movie did that I loved was give you the familiar twist a little with Peter B. That's B for Benjamin, in case you missed that. And then twist it completely with Miles. It was an homage and an entry point fan service, and a good place for anybody who is brand new to Spider-Man to start. Like, babies. Those are the only people who haven't seen nine Spideys at this point. Of course, having Gwen Stacy in the mix and not being a girlfriend was an excellent way to include more integral female characters, and I loved the dynamic of her being sort of wise and weary about being Spider-Woman, but still being accessible enough for Miles to catch feelings for her. She's just capable and fun and confident. And Mary Jane! More than one Mary Jane. I know everyone's all about the other girlfriends lately, but for me, and for Peter, it's always an only Mary Jane. It was so good to see her. A bunch of times. 
Oh God, I love Mary Jane. I do wish she'd been more instrumental, but I realized there were a lot of spiders to deal with. And here's a relief. Aunt May was Aunt May. She was old, sassy, involved, important, and above all concerned that her house was being wrecked by her dear nephew's enemies once again. Having Olivia Octavius be one of the primary villains was an amazing treat. Sometimes a female retread is annoying, but I found this reboot of Doc Ock really refreshing and not only fun to watch, but kind of legitimate to fear. Also, I was so into Jake Johnson as Peter B. The Amazing Universe has never been my favorite, primarily for its somewhat depressing Peter demise and spiral, and I liked the schlubby Nick Miller actor representing that. And that his arc ended with him resolving to try again. Also, let's be really honest here, I love seeing adult Spider-Man. As an adult myself, it's a relief that he finally got to grow up so I can still love him without feeling creepy. The other spiders were not overused, they were funny and necessary, and it was really weird and awesome to see so many creatures thwipping away in New York and during the big battle in the Super Collider. The music is the best! Miles' big I got this moment when he finally really embraces his powers and shows off a bit flying around New York, the part that's supposed to make your heart soar right along with his, is backed by What's Up Danger, a song that will now be my anthem for 2019. It's absolutely perfect. There was a good setup for a sequel with the return of Spider-Gwen at the very end. And all I ask of that sequel is to see the Mary Janes play Face It Tiger, the song that Married with Sea Monsters wrote. And, I mean, while we're making requests, I'm happy to play Mary Jane at any age. Of course, I wouldn't say no to Felicia Hardy. Or an appearance by Mysterio. Okay, I have a lot of requests. When are they going to let me write a Spider-Man movie? In closing, I'm thinking of doing some special edition Spider-Man rewatches and making podcast episodes about them. So if you're listening to this, let me know if you'd be into that, and maybe we can get some guests on the show for the first time ever. Until next time, on My First Name is Agent.